Attention all units, please stand by to copy a bolo. Bolo from Anytown PD regarding a delayed homicide. The incident occurred at 123 Any Street, Anytown, USA. No suspect or vehicle description provided. All units are requested to respond to helpsolvethecase.com for briefing. Clear Bolo, 0818 hours. All right. Well, it's Christine and we are here with the help solve the case bullpen. And uh, I've got uh, uh, Rashad Coleman on the line and we're going to get into the the wrongful conviction case involving his father. But before we get to that, I just wanted to give everybody a couple updates. I really don't have too many updates uh, with regards to the Alexis Edwards case. Um, I'm waiting to hear from her mom. Uh, We're kind of developing a strategy about going forward. Uh, I mentioned that um, we have some other agencies involved and we need to make sure of what our, what our strategy is going to be. So it still needs to remain a little hush hush right now. Um, but as far as I know, we don't have any movement from the local law enforcement and um, we're deciding what our next step is going to be. So we have to patiently wait because sometimes justice moves real slow um, on the um, Scott Madden case. Uh, uh, I think I mentioned uh, Scott's phone is either at the expert uh, for a forensic evaluation or it is shortly on its way uh, as normal with with all kinds of stuff. There's paperwork involved and with COVID, everything's operating a little differently. Um, hoping for some really good news on that case. Uh, so we'll see. Again, hurry up and wait. <laughs> like I said, justice, justice moves really slowly. Um, And so uh, that brings us to Daniel Coleman's case. And um, I do have here, I don't want to forget to talk about the timeline and whatever, but you said that you had um, a very important meeting today. Yes, yes. Very, very important meeting with the, uh, actually the Justice Department. Oh, okay. So now let's just catch everybody up. And as far as, as, as I remember, um, because when we had talked on the podcast, we had talked before about uh, there was a former AG or somebody that was involved that remembered the case and they were going to look into it, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's where we kind of left it. And I know you said you had an appointment today, but I wasn't exactly sure who with, I thought it was with that gentleman. Um, but I apologize. I, f- I forget where everybody's people's people and parts are because I deal with so many law enforcement agencies and everything. So I apologize, but so tell us, so tell me what happened. Yeah. So you're correct. Um, so speaking with the former AG, uh, during that time, who um, hap- just happened to be the AG at the time of uh, my father's conviction back in 1987. Oh, that, excuse me, he was at the parole hearing? Was that how you ran into him? Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. When we took my father to the parole hearing to get 
uh, some relief of, from his parole and probation, um, the he happened to be there. And he said he was interested in the case because we were saying that we had some other evidence, um, some new evidence that the state had not presented, nor did his defense attorney uh, present at trial. So he was going to go back. This is months ago. He was going to go back, take a look at it and see what he could find. Um, in the state of Delaware, they actually, the current attorney general actually has a program called the Actual Innocence Program. Okay. And that's where if you have some kind of physical evidence, um, they're open to reopening the case. But, um, open the case. but we kind of got the feeling that he was going to quash that. Yeah. We won't Correct. say why, but we'll just say we got the... Yeah, correct. correct. Yeah, we, As somebody we, said to me once, nah, I'm not really feeling that. <laughs> correct. We were feeling like, okay, uh, you know, the question is, are people that work for the courts, are they in the line of business of making themselves look bad? Should that time come? Um, so, you know, that's the question. You know, I mean, you would hope in a utopia that we would all look at it and say, hey, look, I just didn't see that. You know, I was wrong. Made Let's a take another look at or, it. Yeah. yeah, I made a mistake. Unfortunately, in, in law enforcement and in the criminal justice system, that rarely, rarely, rarely happens. Um, so be it is that it may, uh, he, he was going to look at it. And today we had scheduled for a time um, to go over some of his findings because he felt like, you know, he needed to conclude the case and let me know everything that he had going on. Okay. And so did you meet with him today? I'm like afraid to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So because, with, yeah, because, because we, we talked about a little questions, right. Cause I, cause I think I was like, okay, at least we got to know, like if he does, you know, cause I'm, I'm assuming the negative, unfortunately. And I'm like, okay, well, at least if, if he says no, I want to know why he's saying no. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. It, so it, I'll it, shut up. So no, you're no, you're fine. You're absolutely fine. You're you're doing great. And I apologize for, you know, sending you a message like last minute. Oh know? no, I was like, Maybe shoot, questions. you know, what, <laughs> what do I want to know? I just want to know why. Like, if it's no, why? My mom used to hate that. Why? But why? Yeah. Why? So, so what happened? So yeah, so we have a. I have a, sort of like you have, right? I have a, like a nice little team of people around me that all are taking a look at the case and diving into it. So what I did at the last minute, or not the last minute, but a couple of days before, is I just reached out to a couple of people and just said, look, I want you to think of think of a critical question that I can ask, because I don't want to walk out of this. You know, you can barely get a hold of them half the time. I don't want right. to walk out of this and still have, you know, still have questions. And so, um, and, and going in meeting with him, um, very, he's been a very nice guy. Um, I felt like he's been up front with me with a lot of things. Um, the first thing he said to me was, I can't make a decision either way. Well, okay. Um, that's good. That's good. That's a halfway positive. Exactly. Exactly. He didn't go into it and say, look, you know, your father's awesome. guilty. Here's why. So okay. he said, I can't make a decision um, on either way. So I'm guessing the way this thing works is with the actual innocence project, they, they'll take it, they'll look at it, they'll review your application, see what evidence is out there. And if that evidence for them to reopen the case is there, they'll reopen it. If the evidence is not there, or they feel like the evidence is sufficient, then they'll just draw up a summary and say, look, this person's guilty, on to the next one, right? So, but he says he's in the middle. He says, I don't, you know, I don't know if he, I don't know if he, he did it or, or if he didn't do it. And okay, so, so, I went so, into, so with him being in the middle, 
does and so is he the gatekeeper for this um actual innocence project he is so yes. he's not going to submit it he is not no, as, oh, as of okay now. okay yeah, well because i was now. like okay great oh we don't need you but we can still do it but okay yeah. so well, as of as of now he's saying he's, he, he's not at that point right where, where he can submit it and the reasoning is which which me you and i talk, spoke about was the evidence um, there were fingerprints found, there was a coat found, and there were witnesses. So he uh, went on and, and reading about things, and he said, essentially, all the evidence from my father's case has been destroyed. Oh. I know, I know. All the evidence has been destroyed. So, like, everything? Everything. The ATM picture that we spoke about, the coat that was found at the scene that was sent to the FBI and the fingerprints. Um, not only that, but also the rape kit that was done. Um, how, how does that happen? I have no, I'm flabbergasted once I heard that because I also, I also asked them, um, the question you told me to ask was, which was what happened to the rape victim? Was there ever anyone that was arrested for that crime and he said this no, is that a neighbor that had us they had a similar um we'll say in cop terms similar mo around the same time right and they responded yeah. over there and sorry i don't mean to interject but for everybody that's listening correct me if i don't have it right so your father was originally charged with this and then they dropped it and so correct. my th my thinking i think we we're on the same line is alternate suspect if they had an alternate suspect in that case yeah, so that's what we were we were both initially thinking, um, because the crime was in the same vicinity, and um, there was this this coat that was vital to both cases. So this coat that was found um, had blood on it um, from the rape, we believe, from the rape from the and, other neighbor. Yes, from the neighbor from the from the oh, elderly woman okay. that was raped. It had okay. blood on it. I didn't realize and, that the coat was in the other case too. I thought the coat was yeah. just from the ATM, which is your dad's, which I will refer to as because I can't keep anything straight. I'm very mm -hmm. visual, so I have to picture it. I'm picturing like this brick apartment building and then an ATM. So that's right. <laughs> that's what mm -hmm. I'm gonna call it. You have it absolutely right. So okay. the, so the coat that the gentleman that the gentleman, the, the suspect was wearing at the time of the rape was bloody um and we're guessing with with the blood from the rape victim but that coat was also identified by the victim at the atm as being the coat oh, worn see? i didn't even realize suspect. so there you go like yeah. okay so yeah. so somehow this coat has been destroyed okay right? so okay so if they oh my gosh like so i didn't even realize the coat was the same so yeah. So how do you exclude the one case mm -hmm. with this? I mean, like one and one is yeah. not four, right? Like, exactly. I mean, exactly. I can't even speak. Okay. So, so they excluded the case from your dad's, but the code is the same. Ergo, one would think that the code is the same. So did you ask about the status of that case? Yes, I did ask about the status of that case, and he told me that that case is still open. I still that's just still a cold uh, a cold case that the case has never case has never been solved. Um, he but also they said have no that evidence thought, for for that case exactly, which is how, how which does is, that happen? Well, that that's even a question that he sort of had was 
Look, I mean, he said that the problem was they, that from, from his point of view was that uh, the crime happened in 1987, but they didn't start doing DNA testing until 1991 in Delaware. So he's saying, why would someone, why would someone um, destroy the rape kit if we could eventually, even if it is your father, we can we can eventually charge somebody with this crime by matching by matching it up. So why would somebody? Well, well, it's not only that, but you know, I started like I said back in the day, okay, mm. and um, in the mid to late '80s. And, you know, before I was a police officer and, and I, uh, you know, I'll say it, people know I worked for the public defender's office. That's how, that's how I started. I, you know, I, I met the cops coming in and went the other way. Um, but uh, I was looking at the case files and, and, you know, they were doing secretor and non-secretor. I mean, they were, they were testing stuff. It wasn't the level that it was today, but I, I remember reading through cases and they were testing that stuff and okay. So they got rid of the rape kit, but what about the stupid coat? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't understand how everything would be. Would you must be, be like devastated. I am, I am, but I'm, I'm still hopeful. I'm still hopeful. Um, there, ironically, there's a case uh, from a guy named Elmer Daniels in Delaware who he spent 20, I want to say 29 years uh, in jail. And his evidence was preserved and he was arrested in 1986 a year before my father and for some some somehow the evidence for his case was preserved this whole time and they had fbi testimony that his dna matched matched against his code eventually they found out that the fbi you know the fbi uh, officer that testified had uh you know some issues with being truthful on the stand and he was eventually exonerated on the profile oh gosh yeah he was eventually exonerated so so yeah, so I mean, he he said he'll he'll try to go back in and um, see if he can request somebody to take another look to see if evidence is there. But uh, that was the word that he got back, which which was um, all the evidence had been destroyed. Okay, so so the way it was left, so he's going to see if anything is available in your dad's case and the lady neighbor's case. Correct. Correct, because he's saying he because he's saying there's no evidence at all that has anything to do with both cases. Okay, well, the reason I'm asking is because he has mm -hmm. more pull than we do. Correct. Right, because because my next thing, which we we're going to talk about, is the family, right? Because we want to go to the lady's family because we want to find out what happened there. But you know, he has more pull you know, to issue an order or whatever for them to go through their files, whatever. But I'm telling you, like, I can't tell you how many times stuff has been, you know, in, in desk drawers. And I mean, so, you know, and here's another thing too: having, having worked with the, the lab in the police department, they need to have destruction orders. Okay. So you tell him, right. If, if you, I don't know how you left it, but hopefully we can use him as a tool that if he is not going to be able to submit it to his project. Right. And, and this is just like, I don't know if you've been a detective or whatever they call it, you know, a red ball or whatever that he's not going to want to take a stinker. Right. So right now the case is a stinker to him, right? It's got, you know, zero percentage of solvability. 
So he's not going to, because, you know, those projects, the innocence program, that that's a status, right? I'm assuming, right? I'm making a judgment here. Uh, I'm uh, supposing that he's not going to want to take a stinker. So that's why he's not going to take it. Exactly. Exactly. His solvability rate. Okay. Cause Correct. that's, you know, as a detective or whatever you live or die on, you know, just like as a street officer, number of tickets, productivity or whatever. Um, so he's not going to want to take a stinker, but, you know, speaking his language or whatever, maybe we can entice him to work as an advocate for us and really, um, you know, say to him, I want the destruction sheets. I want all the chain of cut. Like they, there has to be. Um, and another thing too is I would hope that the FBI didn't get rid of their records. Well, that's, that's, that's what I'm looking at now. Um, and speaking to some people that I'm working with that are looking at the case, we're looking, we're looking at, um, I mean, we don't know where to start, but if it was possible for a lawyer to go in and speak to a judge and ask the judge for the chain of custody with the coat. Um, That's not going to get it. No, No. because, well, you have to have an action in order to get a subpoena or to make that sort of a request. Now, the reason I'm saying with this guy, because if he's from the AG's office, like what is, is he in a government entity now besides the innocence program? Is he like law enforcement related? Well, I'm not sure exactly what his what his, his exact title is, but he was he was a state's witness at the parole board hearing. Uh, okay, so so if we can find him or somebody, I would I would hope I, I don't know the structure of his program. We need a law enforcement official, right? Because if a law enforcement officer is investigating, they can get stuff, right? They ask for it, yeah. pretty much, they get it. All right. As opposed to a subpoena, um, we have to have an action in order to subpoena or ask the judge. So when you say action, when you say action, what do you mean? Legal by that? action, like civil rights, um, false arrest. Um, right now, if we can reach out to the family of the other lady. Um, I hate saying rape victim, whatever, um, the elderly woman, whatever, um, to her family, that's an active case. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I mean, I'm willing to try anything, you know, you know, you know how you get with these cases. What are you thinking? I'll tell you what I'm thinking. So, and, and I mean, we had a, we had an hour long conversation. Um, one of the other things that he said with the case and what you'll see on the timeline is, you know, when my, he had basically rewritten the case so he could understand it in his language. And one thing that he wrote down was at the time that Daniel Coleman was stopped um, and investigated and the victim was brought to him and um, it was a negative on the show up. At that same time, there was another officer that witnessed another gentleman wearing the coat. And it specifically says that in the report. But then he tells me that maybe that officer was wrong because there's no way that he could have seen this guy when Daniel Coleman was being stopped if Daniel Coleman is the one that had the coat. So, But Daniel didn't have the coat. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, that's how that's. That's why we're here. 
Well, that's exculpatory evidence right there. I mean, that's, well, and that's one reason I'm looking at the timeline. I haven't been through it a lot. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's one of the reasons you, you make a timeline and they're so important, at least for me, because you've got a lot of things that are going on at the same time and Mm -hmm. you tend to put them in a sequence in your head, but in actuality, they're, they're happening um, simultaneously. So, so the PD might have some uh, CAD or dispatch um, logs or FI cards mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, which which is, which is all documented, which is, which has all been documented in the in the court case and in in the police reports. So well, I mean oh, that that kind of makes me kind of weary of him because the fact that he would throw that out as something minor when I know that that's something huge. That you see somebody else while I'm being stopped means I'm not over there. I'm not the person with with that coat unless I walked up to the coat right before the officer see me and gave this person a coat, a bloody coat, so he can walk away with it, which is, you know, which is highly unlikely. Well, so, yeah. So we we don't want to make assumptions, right? right. Um, but you know, like you said, it, it's, it's, um, it's a can of worms. If something was done wrong, um, mm-hmm. he probably doesn't want to get your hopes up, uh, because I mean, I don't know. I, I guess maybe he's thinking like, I would look at it and say, well, didn't anybody bring that to anybody's attention that this was going on? I mean, you know, and, and I don't know, like what I'm talking about is, is the CAD stuff and whatever. I mean, even still today in, in the cases that I work because I worked and managed dispatch and all that stuff, like I I know where the information is, like even checking something on the teletype versus whatever, you know, a lot of officers on the street never see that side of it. Right. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different things that are timestamped that just because, you have a police report that says this, that doesn't mean that the dispatch stuff is the same. You know what I'm saying? Is the same thing. So maybe Mm -hmm. we've, maybe we've got some records that, that nobody has ever even looked at. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think that, yeah, you're, you're, you're speaking of um, how dispatchers record every single thing that they hear over the radio. And that goes Absolutely. over whether it's a yeah whether it's a foot pursuit whether I dispatch you to a call, um, somebody calls in to run a tag number, all those things are right. And when documented. I was doing it back in the day, I mean, you were doing it on a piece of paper and then you typed it up on the typewriter. I mean, now it's CAD mm-hmm. and all that stuff, but right. but you would think that 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 have to be out there or time cards or or the the officer. So I think when we talked last time, we had a question of that or we talked about that the trial you felt hinged on um only when i asked you like (laughs) what evidence did they have that it was only the testimony of Mm -hmm. the one officer who looked at the atm footage and said that's the guy and that's it because the initial show up um was a negative but then when the witness testified in court, she all of a sudden, you know, realized, oh my goodness, it's the same person. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's just, that's just terrible. So, so the officer that recognized the ATM picture 
is not the officer that found the coat. No, two different, two different. I believe it's two different officers. Okay, so Pretty we need to find officers. those. We need to find those officers. Well, they black. They actually redacted uh, the officers' names out on the paperwork. Well, we'll get around that. Yeah. We'll get around so, that. Um, mm -hmm. But no, and I'm I'm saying this is where, I mean, and he probably doesn't agree with me, this gentleman, but. This is where he has to help you. As I put in that email, if, if it is, if it is absolutely because your father maintains his, his innocence. And, and if, if it is different then he needs to prove to you or show you so that you can make that decision that that's not accurate. Right. Because, mm -hmm. because that's the whole question about is this accurate, you know, right. um, right. I don't know. It's like, it's like in, in, in Scott Madden's case, it's an undetermined death. How do you not work an undetermined death? I, right. I, I don't. How do you just walk away from it? <laughs> right. So, um, okay. So you talked for an hour. He's. Yeah. He's, so we, so yeah, so we went over that. We went over that. Um, we we kind of went back and forth a little bit on that. Uh, you know, I was, I was more of saying, look, the officer is saying that, you know, the, there's another person out there somewhere and he seemed to think, you know, 33 years later that the officer must have been mistaken. So, so we kind of moved on. Um, I, you know, I asked him why the witnesses, the six witnesses, um, five of which said it wasn't my father, one of which said it was my father. Why, why didn't, why none of those witnesses were brought to court? And he simply said, which I mean, take it, take it for what it is that the state is not going to call on witnesses. That's not going to help them. So, well, that you know, is true. a prosecutorial decision, but then why didn't the defense, did the defense interview them prior to the trial? I don't, I don't know that. I haven't been able to, I know we talked about that last time also, I was trying to see if we can get in contact with his old lawyer um, because she's retired now. So we, we don't, we don't know that. We know that they never came to court. We know that they never testified. Um, so, you know, that kind of, that kind of is what it is at this point. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, as, as, as much as I would think he would, he would help me and, and push forward. I don't get that sense from talking to him that he wants to, that he wants to kind of continue on um, with this. But that's your cop sense, right? Yeah. yeah. You, were you getting the BS? Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. And, and he, you know, he said towards, towards the end of us uh, speaking about it, you know, a couple of things that he said was, you know, my father has served 27 years. And he was like, he said, you know, even if your father did commit these crimes, I still can't see somebody serving 27 years for uh, th this kidnapping that they went around the corner, $8 and for touching her leg. 27 years just seems ridiculous. And he said, the only reason I could think that they gave him that much time is because they think he committed the rape also, but they couldn't prove it. But he wow. said that's and, not, and he's the guy. He's in charge of this program. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and you know, I mean, to go along, you know, to go along with that, you at least got to make it sound. I mean, that's like I don't even want to say this, but you at least got to make it sound good. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, and well, and to go along with that, also, he said that because uh, my father's on the on the sex registry. Um, and he said that he's not even supposed to be on there with the crime that he's found guilty of. 
that those crimes don't go along with a guy just simply touching touching a woman or a woman, you know, t- touching a male. And he's going to do anything about that? I mean, he, he said he's towards the end. He said that he is um, because we still haven't heard back from the governor in terms of um, his probation and his pardoning and then getting off GPS monitoring. So he said, even though during the during the um, parole hearing that he's because he told the board that because Daniel Coleman is not admitting to these crimes, he can't recommend for him to be off of this monitoring. But after looking at the case and looking at all the evidence, he feels that he should go to. He he felt that he should have went to the governor and spoke to the governor about um, getting him off of this uh, monitoring system. So he said he's done that. Oh, so he so is that is that like a what do they call that? Uh, throwing you a bone to like. So like he's gonna you know he did that part and so. Uh, like he thinks that's going to make it okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Essentially. Um, yes. I, I would say, I think, you know, the way he, the way he's looking at it is, you know, I went back to the governor, spoke with the, spoke with the governor's office and told them that I feel like Mr. Coleman should be off of the GPS monitoring and off of the probation. And then he said, you know, should that, he can't promise me that that'll go through that they would, that they will, in fact, um, listen to them and do that so, uh, because they, they, they can make their own. De- the governor can make his own decision at the end of the day. So why does he think that he should be off the monitoring and everything then? What's his rationale for that? Because he says that he should have never served that much time in the first place because of the crimes that he was found guilty of committing. That that doesn't that doesn't hold somebody having to serve 27 years of their life in jail because he touched a girl on the leg. To, you know, told her to get in the vehicle. I mean, he even said he had questions about um, in, in the paperwork. The the, fem- the the male says, you know, you're going to we're going to get into your vehicle. So he gets in the male gets into the driver's seat and then the female gets into the the male gets into the passenger seat through the driver's seat. And then the female follows him behind and gets to the driver's seat and they drive off. So he says, well, I felt that was kind of awkward. If you're going to kidnap somebody, why are you letting that person drive around? Loose. Um, so I, so I'm like, I mean, I had the, the same look you have right now is the look that I have well, while I'm sitting there listening. Well, here's what, listening I'm, here's what I'm thinking. Like, what do you think about uh, getting in the patrol car and just telling the prisoner, just, just get on in the back? <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Right. Amazing. Right? So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, well, of course I'm thinking, you know, I can be, I call it like snarky or whatever, but so we had to find, I mean, this is my opinion and, and, and I'd like to maybe sit down and talk to the others. I don't know who, who your little posse yeah. is, but it would be, it would be really awful if he's the head of this program and the news got a hold of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially in the current climate. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just terrible. So I, I think, I mean, I don't know how you feel, but um, I think we just need to reinvestigate the whole thing. Yeah, I think so too. I think we have to, we just have to, I mean, I think there's certain things that we want. So obviously we want to hear from the governor. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we want this guy's answer. I mean, I want to know where this guy works. Like, is he the head of this thing or what? Um, I want to see his background, but um, let's see if he makes good on his promises. Let's see what happens to the governor. But I think we have to start over at square one because, you know, with the fresh, I mean, you're more familiar than me, but I'd like to just look at it and raise the questions and see who we can locate because, you know, we might have something really simple. We might get something different. Um, I mean, we just don't know what we're going to find. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a, you know, one, one other thing that, I mean, I don't know if you want to call it a coincidence, but the, the victim that was raped is related to one of the officers on the, on the, on the department, in the department. The, so, the lady in the house? Correct. And they haven't done anything with the case? How did you find that out? Today. I found that out today. So, do you know, don't say it, do you know who the officer is? No. No, I don't. No, I don't. Okay, because he's a he's a good advocate for us unless he feels that your father did it. Exactly. And that's I think that's where our problem might lay. Might lie. It's right there. Okay. Well, I do have um uh I do have a, a list I'll, I'll when I um can't when I turn off their recording for this, because I'm gonna put this on the podcast or whatever, I'm not sure. But um Cause you know, I don't, I want to, I don't want to go throwing around people's names until, yeah. until we're positive. But I did, I did find some names and stuff. We can talk about that and we can set a time. Um, if you're okay. open to it, I mean, sure, I, I am. So I'm happy to help you. I, I just, it's, um, it's just defeating. I just think we're going to have to investigate it from the very beginning. Yeah. And, so too. you know, we're happy to help you if, if, if you want that, um, so anything else that he said or when did he say he's going to get back in touch with you? Uh, I mean, essentially he didn't say, say when he, I mean, when he, when he said, you know, I'll put another letter in, it was kind of like, just like a kind another of throw letter it against in. the wall. Yeah. He said he would put a letter in to the, to the evidence uh, people to see if maybe, you know, if they ransacked the place, maybe they'll find a coat somewhere or, you know, just kind of like just throwing it out there. I don't know okay. if it was just to, Okay, so I think one of our tasks um, is, I don't know if you want to make a note, uh, I think um, maybe writing a clarification letter to him or a confirmation letter of what you discussed, right? That mm -hmm. he said this been destroyed and on and on. He's going to make one more attempt, um, you know, just, just like a memo almost um, okay. of the conversation. But I would ask him that you would like the chain of custody or the destruction documents for the, this evidence. Mm -hmm. I mean, they should have that. Right, 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 right. And then process of elimination, we can hopefully um, figure out who the officer is. So I, I'm, the officer isn't still working, right? Um, I don't think so, but I, I, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure. I, I didn't answer that question. Okay. Um, because, the, because the rate, 
the victim at the house that night, um, after it happened, she called her uh, her son first. So when officers eventually arrived, the son was already at the house. And the son is the cop, or the relative of the son know. is the cop. Yeah, I don't. I don't I'm not. How did he sure. say that to you? He just said, "Do you did, did you know that the that the victim um, from the rape was related to someone on the police force?" And he said it that way on the police force. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that to me means current. Because he yeah. didn't say he was a cop, worked in the police department, right? Right, right, right. Semantics, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So letter of clarification or clarification letter. You know what I'm saying? Just to kind of reiterate, you know, thank you. Yeah. You know, fluff him just like he fluffed you. Fluff him. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> probably should be saying that <laughs> the podcast if he's listening. But you know what? Hey, uh, you know what? Just to confirm everything and then ask for that material. Okay, we'll do. You know, um, and and then he can respond to you. And then you don't want to waste any more of his time. Ask him, tell him he can respond in writing. Yeah. Right? And then yeah. whatever we do with that, we do with that, right? Gotcha. Okay. Um. So, so yeah, that sounds like the, the, the update, I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and end it here. Um, and, uh, if you hang on, we can, we'll go over that, the, the person list, but I'll, I'll go ahead and end the recording and, um, then we'll look at that person list and then we can talk about, um, you know, setting up a game plan. Sure. Sounds good. With this. Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, you know, we're going to go ahead and uh, end the bullpen session here. This has been Christine and, and uh, Rashad Coleman um, in reference to the wrongful conviction of his father, Daniel Coleman. Um, tell me one more time about the, about the book. Authorrashad.com. Yeah. Authorrashad.com or on Amazon um, or on audiobooks.com or wherever you listen to your audiobooks. Book is called Fatherless Son, How the Criminal Justice System Tore My Family Apart and Brought Us Back Together. It's awesome. Okay. All right. Well, we will see you guys next time. And thank you for helping us help solve the case.